0: So somebody want to read that? Honor your father and your mother so that you can live on the land the Lord your God you. Okay. So honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. All right. So we'll, um, we'll go through these just uh, quickly as we can, uh, but being thorough. So the, the first thing I want you to do that is uh, that is a concept that is replete throughout the rest of these because these, again, is man to man. So before, we sow all the ways that we need to, what the path is, right, to be correctly related to the Lord, okay? Um, so another guy's before him, uh, representing him well, speaking about him well, and then he gives us the command to remember the rest that I'm commanding you, right? And then we get into... The man-to-man, all right? So these are going to be more specifically uh, seeing us touch points, right, for this idea of preserving, right, or bringing life, okay? Because we understand the totality when we get into these categories of how those things bring life, right, or take it away, or uh, protect it, or don't protect it. So, but this first first concept is going to be really important. Uh, So you've heard of, uh, anybody ever heard of the concept of like the dignity of man? Right? You've heard this and you've said it and you're like, yeah, it sounds good, but you have absolutely no idea what it means. So here's a good definition of dignity. The state or quality of being worthy of honor or respect. Okay, what the Bible teaches is that every person, regardless of age, ethnicity, uh, what they can do and not do everyone because they are created in the image of God has inherent right? are inherently worthy of honor and respect everybody. Okay? So that's blanket statement. So so as I view somebody right that they have dignity that means they have worth and that they deserve to be honored by me. Okay? At some level there doesn't really need to be anything else said about that if we were to live that way amen but we don't live that way and so God wants to give us some instructions about what he is trying to uphold right protect uh, or give and so the first one isn't this the fun one right honoring our father and our mother okay for uh, for younger folks, um, this one um, this one's pretty hard. It's all about um, it's all about respecting authority, right, and giving dignity to whom dignity is due. So at one level, it's to everyone, but then it's also giving um, respect and authority to those that are uh, that are in authority over me. Um, has anyone been in authority over somebody before? Like you've been uh, captain of a team you've been something in your class, you've had some club responsibility, some supervisor role at work, Your older sibling, right? Everyone, basically, okay? Um, uh, how awesome is it when people don't respect your authority? Isn't it the best? Love it. Love it. Why, why is it so awesome? <laughs> it makes everything go so smoothly, right? Why do they hate you? Like basically, how many of you have said that? Why do you hate me? Like I'm here for you. Right, Buster, like we're all Buster's children right at work, right, and he's just kind of trying to like manage us, right, as we like come into this room and shoot a rubber band in his face, ha ha, then run away. (laughs) All right, so why, why do we hate those in authority over us? Just popcorn it, you know this so well, Why? they tell us what to do jealousy keep it coming think we, we think we know better I just don't like, I, just don't like <laughs> I don't like their face <laughs> what else they wrong, us. they wrong us or we think they wrong us we like to be in control, we like to be in control. Hypocritical. hypocritical they are hypocritical we think pride they are issue. Huh? pride, pride? <laughs> we're proud people do what we want. they don't do what we want isn't that your job, is to let me do what I want? <laughs> Actually, that is the opposite <laughs> of what I'm here for. Uh, anybody else? Any, anybody feel like they've been misrepresented? Does that, feel, does that feel pretty good as far as like, yeah, those are all the things, those are all the ways, reasons I hate everyone in authority over me. Because I'm awesome, and I know better than you, and I'm really cute, and you should let me do what I want. Right? Because nothing will happen to me if I do whatever I want, right? How dare you think that anything would happen to me when I'm doing what I want, <laughs> regardless of your rules? So we have, this, we have this stigma. So what God is trying to give us, here's the, here's the lane, right? It's the sanctity, right? The goodness of governance, all right? And we're like, no! Think about this in our society, how, how uh, contra- Um, like uh, the world that is, okay? Like it's it's one of the only things that we have that we think can save us. That's why we're so vehement about whatever political side we're on, right? This has to be the case because if this is not the case, then we'll all die, right? Because we don't have anything else, right? We have to solve our problems through legislation or through the political process. But God says that the governance, the things that I've given you that are actually for your good, not that have been usurped or that have been forced upon you, but I've set up human relations, right, in society in a particular way, and if you'll just do that, right, it will go well with you. What's the promise? What's the promise? So it says, honor your father and mother. What's the promise there? Verse 12. You'll live longer. Right? Does anybody not want to live longer? Okay, awesome. Yeah. Right, what's Paul? Right, I'm, I long to be with him, right? But for your sake, right, I'm here. Thank you so much. Chris, we appreciate that. She's here for our sake. But the sanctity of governance is really important that we, that we respect and honor, right, the things that God has put into place, regardless of whether we agree with them or not. Right, if Buster is over me, God has put him here for our good and he is responsible before God, not me. So the issue is, is that I honor God well by respecting him as that authority. Now, if he tells me to go kill somebody, do I do that? I do not. Right? No, I'm not doing it. It violates one of these other rules. So this deals with authority and submission. This is the thing that you struggle with more than anything. Okay, And so if you can't listen to your mother and your father, whom you can see, if you can't listen to your boss, if you can't listen to your teacher, if you can't listen to your friend, if you can't listen to the president of the club that you're in, if you can't listen to the captain on your sports team, okay, you can't listen to God, who you can't see. So you learning to be, uh, use whatever words you need to, (laughs) but under the authority of of one of those people is one of the most important disciplines that you will ever have. What if you could learn to live with the idiot that supervises you? What if you could what if you could give that person dignity and respect? What would that mean? Treat you better. He would? But what would it mean for you, just in your heart? If you can figure out <laughs> more peace. Peace? Yep. Happier? Happier? What if you're in authority over somebody? Do you want understanding? Like, is that an easy job to do? It's incredibly difficult. Managing people is hard and it is thankless. It's called responsibility. Every job I've ever had, I've been a supervisor. I have to deal with people not liking my decisions. If I can internalize that and understand, how would I want to be treated? Uh, I've been working in the job, so I know some stuff, but I'm not infallible. I'm going to make mistakes, right? I cannot expect those in authority, my parents, right? My supervisors, right? The captain of my team, whatever the people, I cannot make, I can't, is it that what we expect of them? Perfection and understanding for everything, right? We demand that. And that is part of the reason why I struggle to sit under that authority. Okay? They're not, they're not lording over me. Right? They're there to serve me. That's really hard. I've got to figure out a way to be empathetic enough to get under that. Questions or thoughts?
1: Do you consider this just authority to mother and
0: father? No. Or it's everybody. So this is a category, and we'll get into that in just a second, but it, so it, it's, it starts there, but it implies everything. Everybody's a mother and father to you at some level, right? There's always somebody above you, okay? So it's recognizing that authority. Um, like, how can you honor one and like, give them give them well if you can, like, have a strict... Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, question. So it's, it's kind of this idea of as far as it be, is with me, right? That there's, that uh, the, Jesus teaches on this, you know, quite a bit, like as it relates to Romans 13. You know, should I, I don't agree with the government. Should I give them taxes? He says, yep, you should. You are, to, you are to model good citizenship in our country. If Jesus lived in this country, he'd be a good American. And if he lived in Serbia, he'd be a good Serbian, okay? So far as it didn't violate God's law, and God's law is better than their law if it violates it, right? So he's not asking us, so Daniel, it's against the law to pray to your God. Sorry, dude. praying to God. Right? And he's going to bear the consequences of that. Right? But, as, but we are looking for a reason not to comply. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how they are to us. We, he wants us to preserve life and to show what life is supposed to look like as best I can do that. Now, if you can't talk to him or be around them, that's going to be really difficult. But you're still supposed to try. Okay. What does that do to your heart when it doesn't matter what they do, it matters what I'm responsible for? What if everyone was just responsible (laughs) versus excuse-making? Everything would be better, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Great question. So here is um, the relationships that are implied. So God and believer, mankind and created order, Right? So we are supposed to be servants, right, of our world that we live in, right? That we're in authority over it. Talks about this in Genesis 1. So we need to be good, uh, good masters of it. State and citizen, employee master, employee slave, pastor layman, right? Sitting under the authority of those that God's given you to teach you, right? A husband, wife, parent, child. So anything that's not in here, just whatever natural authority, right, is in um, our society and culture. And so each one of those, I don't want you to think, well, this is who he's put in charge. It's not in charge. It's who, here who he has made responsible. That's a big difference. Okay. When you're a big sister, big brother, when you're in charge, you're just yelling at people and telling them what to do. You must obey me. Mom left me in charge. And you're like kicking at him and throwing stuff, right? You're trying to get him obey. That's not the way that God has set things up, right? The person responsible for you is actually your servant. They're responsible for you. They're there to serve you, okay? And so they are the ones that have to answer when they come home and the house is a mess. Who was responsible? Okay, accepting that responsibility. So that is not something that most people, when we, when we talk about authority versus responsibility, who wants authority? Who wants responsibility? Respect the responsibility. Wouldn't it be nice if, as you were maybe having a difficulty with somebody, some conflict, and they're like, I don't have to listen to you. All right, well, then you do it. And they they kind of hush, don't they? I actually just don't want to do what you say and complain about it. (laughs) Right? Anybody felt that? Yeah? Here's what's required. Preserving of honor and performing the duties belonging to everyone in their places. Superiors, inferiors. The responsible party, the participants. If everyone would just, you know, be responsible, right? Help, serve, right? And listen, help, right? Like everything works out, doesn't it? (laughs) All right. Here's what's forbidden. The neglect of or doing anything against the honor and duty which belongs to everyone in their place and relations, okay? Our society is better. Yeah, we, we have a lot of, we've seen a way, way, way too many of like uh, policemen exceeding their authority and not doing their job, and it's pretty black and white, right? But does that mean any policeman I see that I don't need to give him the dignity, right, that he deserves in his position, each of those people, when they acted wrongly or rightly, are responsible for God. That's not my, that's not my responsibility, right, to judge them or to say what they should and shouldn't do or, or what their character is. That's up to them and what they do. My job is to be a good citizen. And I'll have to think about it. Okay? Can you repeat what you said is forbidden? Forbidden. The neglect of or doing anything against the honor and duty which belongs to everyone in their places and relations. Okay, so the same thing about like sisters and brothers. Okay, don't punch each other in the face. Okay? What should you do? How would God be a brother? How would God be a sister? How would God be a daughter or a son? How would God be a husband or a wife? Right, that's what we're striving for there. Right? That's Okay. Was required? The required part or the forbidden part? The required part. Preserving of honor and performing the duties belonging to everyone in their places. Meaning, as I'm a son, I need to be a son and not abdicate that. Okay? If I'm a daughter, I need to act like a daughter. If I'm a sister, I need to actually be a sister. If I'm a boss, then I need to be a boss. Okay, so here are some other things that we didn't cover that would be covered under this idea of authority. Okay, So gender roles, parenting, uh, child abuse, parent abuse, rebellion in the church, and civil disobedience. So what you think of, if we just were good citizens right, and good participants in the slot that he put us in, everything works well. And so think about the conflict that you have. Almost all of it derives from you either not letting someone, like giving them the honor and dignity they deserve, or you... Shirking your responsibility that you have as a participant in one of those roles. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, this is the path, right, of authority when we're in it and when we're under it. That covers a lot of ground, doesn't it? All right. Questions about any more questions about that one? All right. Number 13. We'll move pretty briskly through some of these, but you'll have a lot of questions. All right, somebody read this one. You may not even need to read it. Okay, it is murder, not kill. Okay, so there's, uh, there's eight different words that talk about this, uh, this idea in Hebrew. But here's what it, here's what it, okay, so write this one down. Here's like more verbiage to what, what this word means. okay. It's unlawful, malicious taking of life. Unlawful, malicious taking of life. So what it is upholding, okay, is the sanctity of human life. The sanctity of human life. All human life has dignity. All human life has worth to God. It should have worth to us, okay? So just because that is what God values, okay, we also can't though at people as it relates to specific like crazy situations okay that is what he's going for right that's where we start and then we kind of try to clarify from there all right unlawful malicious taking of human life all right what does that mean for animals all right maybe uh, kitty you might need to hum all right we'll have like a side session um, So, according to Scripture, humans and animals are different things. Okay? They are are different things. They are different lives. Okay? Human life, animal life are different according to uh, God's Word. All right, the Bible teaches that animals do not have souls. They do not have eternal souls. We. That doesn't mean that they're not awesome and great, but it's just the Bible. That's not what the Bible teaches. We are made in the image of God. All right, and there's three ways that we um, make up this image. Okay, and this is how we differ from the animals. All right. So the first way is how we image God is substantive. All right, we are of the same substance of Him. He has made us. So we are like him substantively. So we, we, uh, we image him functionally in what we do, what we're supposed to do. As we do what God allows us, uh, as we do according to his law against which there is, you know, that's what he wants us to do. Then we are like him. We image him. So if we want to be like God, we do as he does. So, We are like him substantially, functionally, and relationally. That he wants us to image him in our interaction with others. How he interacts, he wants us to interact. When we murder, we murder an image bearer. Does it matter what they've done? That he calls us to not do that. Here's what it does not prohibit, okay? And this, you're gonna, you're gonna maybe have a bunch of questions, and I don't know if I have all the answers for you. But I can try as far as giving you kind of the spirit of what we're talking about. Okay, it does not prohibit killing of animals, all right? But, but what would it prohibit? Like, what would be too far? Like killing it for fun. Yeah, killing it for fun. That is not prohibited. That's not what God wants. Animal cruelty. Animal cruelty does not include that. What else does not include? Killing more than you need? All right? Um, Does not prohibit defending one's home? Does not prohibit defending oneself? Does not prohibit accidental killing? Because you didn't mean to. Um, Does not prohibit capital punishment? And does not prohibit just wars? So we could spend so long on every one of those. Uh, here's actually a really uh, cool concept. You may have heard this, but in keeping avoid what God wants, right, is not the malicious, uh, unlawful taking of human life. So in the old world, when somebody, um, let's say chopping wood, axe handle gets loose, flies off the axe handle, comes and like cuts into you know, somebody and like injures them, cuts their arm off or maybe kills them, okay? Uh, somebody's family member is going to be uh, in the tight communities they lived in is going to want justice, okay? Um, if you've ever heard of any Old Testament teaching about God, uh, people set up cities of refuge. And so what this meant was, uh, so that person didn't mean to, but, but the person almost all the time wanted justice to be done. That was kind of their code. It's not what God taught them, but that was just kind of in their human nature what everybody's done and so it's kind of like an honor killing so they they would somebody would would like in their family hey you've got to go give my brother sister justice and so but by law if that person would flee to a city of refuge and it was only in the case not if like you maliciously murdered somebody but if you accidentally killed somebody then that then you did that right to declare right this was accidental and they were not to be able to harm you there uh, this, this is what this was for because it's unfortunate that it happened, but we live in a world where walls fall over, where cars stop in the midst of each other, right? Where guns go off when we don't mean them to. There's all sorts of things that we don't mean to happen happen, okay? And so what is it to do? Is that my job to then seek justice? No, God's job. It's not my job. That's unlawful, malicious seeking of life regardless of how mad I am, regardless of how hurt I am, regardless of how, um, that that's what that looks like, okay? So here, um, here is what uh, issues are addressed. Murder, suicide, revenge, unrighteous anger, hatred, gossip, warfare, capital punishment, abortion, euthanasia, torture, um, physical abuse, I was saying issues addressed. So I don't want you, don't use any of those at blanket statements. You know, my pastor said, and then you're kind of you know, laying into somebody. Uh, there's, there, there's a lot more teaching that comes into like, um, there's books about like trying to understand the concept of just war and what, what it, it actually teaches us in the Bible. It's very specific about what constitutes being able to go into war with somebody, and like God cares about that. It's not just like I want that land, and then it's okay. Like God, God does not teach that. Okay, and so it's it's fairly complicated, but um, but uh, but it's helpful. He has teaching that can help us there. Any questions about that one? And this one might be one of those where you want to have an offline conversation with me. Um, but again, just generally sanctity of human life. Yep. Um, it's not, but that's what he wants. Okay. So I would say where we make the mistake, I can only say, I can't say like, I don't say like, Hey, this is the best way to address that, you know, cause it's really complicated and it's really hard for those that have tried that for those that have been successful for the families, everybody. So we, we never go into that thing, just making blanket statements, right? What we can say for sure is that God doesn't want that to happen. And that's, that's where we need to leave it and then be, um, and be very careful with our language. I personally have said some hurtful things um, about what I thought should be the case logically, and there's no scripture basing it, and I hurt some some feelings. Uh, I've done that on multiple occasions, and so God was very gracious, and the person was very gracious to receive me after I understood what I said. We all do that. There's lots of things that we kind of speak out of turn and say things, but that's a very sensitive issue, and so I would Really encourage you that one. I mean, really all these issues as a capital punishment, like don't be kind of coming in hot with those things. Just know that God, that there are, there are scenarios in which those things are, um, I think are to be done. Um, but that is not in any way a blanket statement. He wants sanctity of life. That is what he's about. That's what he wants us to be about. Other questions? That's a good question. All right, we good? All right. Shall not commit adultery. So this is the sanct- upholding the sanctity of intimacy. All right? So um, this is going to be one um, that we don't need to spend a, a, ton, a ton of time on. I'll lay out some of the stuff that we had said earlier. Um, but so the idea is this actually with, uh, comes into our relationship with God, that he sees us, Right, as intimate with him. Every uh, idolatry, anything of not keeping his law, God sees as treasonous or adulterous to him, the husband, and Israel, the wife. He uses this language. And why he uses this language is because he is, he is God, right? He is, he is God to a people, right? He is father to sons and daughters, right? He is a husband to a wife. Right. And there's intimacy as implied. Right. And so those are the only relationships where intimacy is allowed. Now, it's not to keep us right from the pleasure. Right. But it was to keep upholding the nature of that relationship. He does not want us to be intimate with other gods. He doesn't want us to be intimate with other partners. That's what that is for. It's for intimacy. And if I can be intimate with everyone, it downplays what he has prescribed, right? What he says is for flourishing and for life, okay? So we're not, what we're not saying, we're not saying sex bad. Sex great, okay? What we're saying is intimacy is what he's upholding. And when we go against his plan, we are undermining intimacy and the relationships that are supposed to bring intimacy, okay? So when I, as uh, Song of Solomon says, awaken intimacy too early, which most of us in here have done that, right? It undercuts intimacy in a committed relationship. It's gonna make it more difficult because you've been intimate outside of that relationship, outside of that commitment. It just is. You don't have to like like it or dislike like it, that just is. <laughs> so that is what he says. Intimacy, I want to protect relationships where intimacy is paramount. All right? So the two that this, uh, under the divine covenant, is Christ and his church or husband and wife. And so, again, there's all kinds of grace there. But what we're talking about is the path, right? All of us have, have done all of this stuff really crappily. We're not just talking about this this commandment and this teaching all of it we haven't understood it so that's why when he's coming he's saying hey you haven't been uh you haven't been um you haven't understood that intimacy is is um sacred right i'm trying to protect intimacy you don't know that i'm telling you you need to protect it if you protect right the relationships that have intimacy that you are going to benefit so much from that right and so it just un- it's so so much of that is just undermining. You never uh, so anyway. There's there's can be some other conversations about that. So here's what's required: the preservation of our own and our neighbor's chastity in heart, speech, and behavior is like sexual intercourse the only way right to violate intimacy in a relationship. No. Right, like the closeness and the intimacy that me and my wife share, right, emotionally, verbally, right, proximity, right, I don't need to do that with another woman, right, emotionally, like that's, that's violating the intimacy of the commitment that I have that's supposed to be there with my wife and it undermines it. She's the only one that's supposed to have that intimacy with me and if I'm just kinda, <laughs> you know, physically, emotionally, Spiritually, verbally, what it does is like, so it lessens the relationship that I've committed to. So if I've committed to the relationship with God and I am adulterous (laughs) with all other gods and all the ways that I am, is my relationship with God that's supposed to be the place of intimacy strong? No. You've felt this. You know this to be true. And so this is one of those places where we probably haven't received any teaching about this and Why? we just like, sex, no. <laughs> bad, bad. No, oh, sex, good, good. Yes, yes. But in context. All right, sometimes I need the basic language. Yes, yes, no, no. Rob
1: can hear, required.
0: Yes. The preservation of our own and our neighbor's chastity in heart, speech, and behavior. So chastity is purity. So purity in the relationship that they're supposed to be in, right? So how this will work, kind of old world. Unfortunately, we don't have kind of have this thing. So if, um, so uh, uh, have this now, or the thought this now. So in, um, so a lot of times we think of like in old world, like woman is the property of like the dad. It's like, no, he is protecting her purity in this idea of sanctify, you know, the sanctity of intimacy, so until, right, that she finds a person that is worthy of her, right, and they come in and make a one-person union, that he is to protect, right, the, her intimacy. Right, that's what his job is. Obviously, people can be overbearing about that or do that wrongheadedly, but that's kind of the idea of what he is seeking to protect. <clears throat> so, preserving the chastity. Think about, wouldn't it be so nice if I don't, if, if you know... Um, I'm Renee's husband and she doesn't have to worry about anyone else like coming after me. Because like he's a he's her husband. <laughs> she gets the intimacy with him, and vice versa. Wouldn't it be so nice if I could trust everybody in the world to like see and preserve that relationship? That's what we're supposed to do. If somebody's married, everyone like they're married. She's off limits. He's off limits. I want to put them together. I don't want to tear them apart in all the ways that I can. That's why it talks about neighbor. Right? I'm here to make sure right the Buster and Angie's marriage is all that it can be. That I'm not a part of a problem. That makes sense? That's what he is celebrating. So here is what is forbidden. Unchaste thoughts, impure thoughts, words and actions. Okay, catcalling? out. You're like, oh, dang it. All unchaste thoughts, words, and actions. What that means is I am coming into, right, like you're violating that intimacy, that I'm thinking about violating that intimacy in whatever way it was, whether it's, whether it's just having really intimate conversation or connecting emotionally. That's not, that's not what you're supposed to do. You need to protect that. That's forbidden. Okay? And not because like God says, you love that, so you're, you're out. He's like, no, it's, it's for a particular kind of relationship. So anytime we get into that and there's no commitment, right? Do you, has that been awesome? Have you guys experienced awesomeness where you thought somebody was committed but they acted like they weren't? Anybody love that? Right? It actually is the worst thing you've ever experienced, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. So that's why he upholds it. Issues addressed. Adultery, polygamy, bestiality, harlotry, premarital sex, lust, pornography, rape, incest, homosexuality, prostitution, modesty, dating, sexual abuse, STDs, singleness. Man. Protecting intimacy. That's, that's a lot of stuff. right? But that principle undergirds all that. So what does that mean? And again, not like, well, obviously I haven't done that correctly. So what does that mean? All right. So I, as I hear that, this is what he expects. This is how it's best done. So I got to start wrapping my head around that. If there's any area of our lives that I know that you want better, it's in your relationships, isn't it? But so much of us have our experience under, you know, is is killing us <laughs> because we've we've acted because we didn't know any better, you know, honestly. So Questions about that one? <laughs> I want to see if anybody will actually ask a question about this one. Yeah. Do you have
1: like a direct translation of what adultery
0: is in like the or uh, I do not, uh, off the top of my head. Um, I don't have any in my notes. I can get that for you pretty quick. Um, so it's just the vi- it's basically the violation of intimacy is what I would anticipate that it was, because intimacy is assumed that it's only in these relationships. That's not what we assume. We assume, I want intimacy. And God says, I only want it in certain relationships. So that's, that's the disconnect. Buster.
1: Um, as another Mary um, I just want to expand on that principle. Uh, I mean, intimacy, especially us guys, we tend to think of that purely in a physical sense. And you alluded it to being broader than that, that when we think of marriage relationships and how they mature, um, I've heard it said that there are three main areas of that marital relationship. One is physical. Um, One is a partnership that you share. Uh, In other words, you're raising kids together. You're you're doing life together. And then the third is companionship. That's that emotional intimacy, the things that you talk about that you don't talk to anybody else about. And um, all three of those things are very good. All three of those things are very precious. In certain seasons, if you, uh, if you end up buried one of these days, in certain seasons, you will see the ebb and flow of a mix of those three things. Uh, But when you see two 80-year-olds that have been married for 60 years and they're still holding hands, or they're still whispering to each other, um, there's a lot of beauty in that intimacy. And just, as I get older, I appreciate all of those things
0: that that entails. Yeah, amen. All right, any other questions about that one? All right. So um, we are going to... Hit on these last three. Basically, we're just trying to get through all these so that tomorrow morning we can um, kind of have some closure here. All right, uh, real quick. Uh, verse 15, I'll read this one. Um, Shall not steal. So, this is sanctity of property. Okay, so um, we have a really uh, specific. Uh, kind of connection with our stuff, yes yeah it 's my jacket that 's my phone that 's my animal cracker, so what does it matter if I uphold the sanctity of property okay so here 's a couple ideas uh, the Bible views God as the true owner of everything, okay did you bring in 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 to the world anything are you going to take anything out what'd you say your genes gotcha (laughs) so why do we care so much about our stuff think about that a second actually talk with each other real quick just to get some engagement with each other why do we care so much about our stuff if we're not taking it with us and we don't bring anything to us why do we care You said jeans. What did we you say? Mac and oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, we, we got we got
1: That was the best miss here I've ever heard. I, know. I, thought, you
0: I thought you said jeans like are like you passed your jeans on to your kids or something. That's what we That's how yeah. All right. So real quick. So why do we care so much when people take our stuff? <laughs> I like the energy, Clayton. Good job. Consumerism. Yeah. Like we're we're taught to like. I need. I need. I need. I want things absolutely. Yeah. I work for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Feeling of security. Feeling of security. This is my favorite thing I've seen my my son do, uh, you do, and this made a lot of sense to me as I saw someone else do it. So my son likes Spider-Man, like he just, he gets him and he's all in. Um, And uh, and so he has this thing where he like wants to collect everything that that ever existed that has Spider-Man on it. So we're talking peanut butter, yo-yos, underwear, (laughs) socks, tennis shoes, hats, pillows, blankets. Should I go on? If it exists, it has Spider-Man on it and he wants all of it. All of it. Okay. It's this. Say again.
1: I know. Weird.
0: It's his grandparents and we can't stop them. Put down the Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> right, but this is um, when we're thinking about it, like it, is, it is this idea of control. Think about that. Like that's kind of it run amok, but like I like Spider-Man and I want to have all of it. Like we're greedy for it, right? So like when we like something and we're not satisfied, when we really like something, like we're not satisfied. Like I, If I like somebody's music, I want all the CDs. I, wanna, I, want to, I want to have them, I want to possess them, right? If I like sneakers, you know, I don't want like two of like the nicest pair. I want all the sneakers of the same brand, right? That's just, what we, that's just what we do. We worship in that way, right? We gather, we collect, we commit. All right, so all, all property is God's. We're merely stewards of what God owns. That's not how we view it, is it? Right, my, my car, my truck, my van, my helicopter, right? Those are mine. I paid for it, I worked for it. He's like, no, nah, man. I allowed you to have that stuff. I allowed you prosperity, right? You've chosen to buy that. You're a steward of it. That's how we should view that. Stealing is stealing from God, because he's given it. Traditionally understood to include kidnapping. right? Property should be held in check and is regulated in God's law. So this would be applied in the people of Israel. This is so cool. So every person that was alive when Israel crossed over into the promised land, they essentially moved into Columbia with no people there. This is really weird to think about. Like, is a ghost town, except it's exactly like it is right now. And he was like, Joe Bob, you get that house. Jimmy Lou, you know, you get that house. Rita, you're over there. Right, the Smiths down the street. So this is, by tribe, this is essentially what happened. They didn't build these houses. Right? There's pools in the backyard, there's cedus in the driveway. Right? They didn't do anything to deserve it. And he reminds them of this constantly. Do you understand like do you think you're awesome and I gave you this? Like, no, I love you. Right? This is what I'm giving to you. Right? It was a it was a sign and symbol of God's generosity. Okay? But here's the thing. So every in Joshua, when they in some of the cities that they settled and they settled the tribes there, in that story every single person that crossed that river in that second generation had property and land and a house and a way to do life and to feed themselves and to feed their their themselves from generations to come every single person there was not a poor person in israel okay every single person that was an israelite belonged to that tribe had stuff what that means is if anyone was destitute after that it means that someone took their stuff from them through the ages God had a law that if someone had to sell themselves into indentured servitude, either by somebody took by force, like that's mine, right? Obviously, that's against God's law. That's stealing. That person has nothing, right? There's no welfare system in Israel. A person has nothing. So then they have to, if somebody takes my stuff and I can't take it back by force and no one else will do anything for me, I can't get any justice, then I've got to sell myself into maybe the same person to feed myself, What God's law says, he says, if that happens, even though that wasn't right, you have to give that person back, right? You have to free them uh, after seven years. That's in his law that they were supposed to do that. Whether by ill intention or they got themselves into trouble some way, gambling around their state, whatever, seven years. Every 50 years, which is called the year of Jubilee, you may have heard this, that let's say if somebody lost their home, they were supposed to get it back. Right, what God, what, what you lost, God gives back. That's in his law. It's talking about this idea, yeah.
1: So wait, if
0: other people would then and them out? Do what? Like you no, they were supposed to, like, this is yours. They were supposed to give it back. That was what God's law required. So, like, if they lost it in, again, like, gambling, if somehow they lent it, there's, there's, this could get, can get complicated. There's lots of ways that could happen. Most of them not good. Somebody's taking advantage of them. But they were supposed to give it back. They, like,
1: actually it, though?
0: There's some evidence that they did, but they were supposed to, but not doing it, right? So in God's charges um, in uh, Isaiah when He sent them into uh, when He sent them into captivity, and He's putting the charges of the things they didn't do, right? It's basically like you uphold the law and you live as I want you to live, you get all the rights and privileges of God. But if you don't, like you're not going to stay in this house that I built for you. Right, and so that was plenty of the charges. Most of it was not like not doing that, not keeping the sabbaths, not uh, participating in the year of jubilee or the sabbath year. So they was like, you don't play with stuff like that. That's not like lip service. So debts were supposed to be canceled. Uh, reverse of like you know the house, reverse of land. Um, Ties were to support those that uh, ministered to them. So here's what's required the lawful procuring and furthering of wealth and outward estate of ourselves and others. The Bible is against interest. They were not supposed to charge, if let's say somebody needed some money and it's like, here's a hundred bucks, right? They were not supposed to charge interest in that, like he, he yelled at them for charging what's called usury, which is interest. So what you're doing is, I'm on, you have more than you need. I'm hurting, and you're going to profit from my hurting? This is in God's law. He says, no, you don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. Our society is built on that."
1: that.
0: Yeah, the lawful procuring and furthering of wealth and outward estate of ourselves and others. We are not supposed to get rich as other people get poorer. He doesn't like that. There are ways to increase myself and be profitable without somebody else losing. And if me, for me to win, for you to lose, that's not an equation that he likes. Here's what's forbidden. Whatever may unjustly hinder our own or our neighbor's wealth or outward estate. Issues addressed. Idleness, stealing, embezzlement, larceny, hijacking, shoplifting, robbery, extortion, racketeering, private property, time, uh, uh, time, advertising, fraud, gambling, usury, which is interest, copyrights, stewardship, tithing, bribery, plagiarism, cheating, and mishandling benevolence. It is, if we'll think about it. Um, and particularly in our current society, uh, we have gotten real creative at stealing. And we're okay with it. It is, not, it is not a value that we have in our society. All right, if you'll bear with me. Two more. There's a lot of these. Obviously, we can say a lot more about these. All right. 16, you should not bear false witness against your neighbor. It's sanctity of truth. Okay? So this will be clarifying for you. So this focuses on bearing truth in a legally binding format where another's well being is at stake. Focuses on bearing truth in a legally binding format where another's well being is at stake. All right, this talks about perjury and malicious lying. Okay, so would not what this would not fall under malicious lying. Or how do I look in these genes? Okay, what the answer is is self preservational. Okay, that's not malicious. Okay? So it's not talking about that sort of thing. Like the white lie. Now, is it it good for you to do that? Absolutely not. You know, is there other ways to do that? But it's not talking about that. He is not, like that's not what he's like mad about. Okay? So what what, what he's really doing was jeopardizing truth with the intent of personal benefit or injury of someone else. That's what he cares about, is that you give misinformation with the intent of yourself reaping the benefit or you injuring someone else, okay? So that random scenario, okay, somebody is holding uh, a Nazi soldier comes up to your door, you're hiding a Jewish person, are they in there, okay? What, yeah, no. <laughs> so it's not talking about that scenario, okay? So, not telling you what to do, but that is not that would, it would not be against that scenario, okay? If all things were true that we assume are true in that. Does not say that always tell in truth or never say anything untrue. But we should be truthful in the Lord, right? And, and our truth-telling is predicated on our relationship with Him opposite of God being truthful is God being a liar. All right, what is a lie then? A word or act that intentionally deceives a neighbor in order to hurt them. Right? Either for my benefit or for their injury. A word or act that intentionally deceives a neighbor in order to hurt them. And so by that definition we all have lied. All right, so what is false witness? Is distorting the facts in such a way as to harm one's neighbor. So it's not just you know swearing on the Bible falsely. So we're talking about lying, perjury, bribery, gossip, slander, exaggeration, favoritism, flattery, libel, rumors, hypocrisy, um, gaming. Uh, of course, joking could fall into this. Fictions and illusions sanctity of truth and why we have All alright last one verse 17 you shall not covet your neighbor's house you shall not covet your neighbor's wife uh, his male servant female servant ox or uh, ox or uh, of your neighbor okay so this is a sanctity of motives so this is the last one so this is this is actually the one that kind of hurts the most sanctity of motives He explicitly states the three things that we covet most and have the most issue with. Okay? Money, sex, power. All right? You got it. I want it. This is the only commandment that is solely internal, there's no way to enforce it. Have you ever thought about that? I cannot enforce this rule. It also illuminates how the other nine are to be maintained. What are my motives, right? When we were talking about sanctity of motives, sanctity of property, sanctity of intimacy, sanctity of authority, right? that he has upholds those things are good for us. All right, so lastly, negatively, to desire something with an evil motivation. So sometimes when we, when we want, when we covet, it's not only that I want one for myself. You got a do I want a see-do. Anybody know what a do is? You're like a, okay. I don't know if I'm like, sometimes, maybe that's an old word, right? You got a motorcycle, I want a motorcycle. It's not that, it's I want your motorcycle. So I want a motorcycle and I don't want you to have one. That's how we think, right? I don't, I don't want a car, an awesome car like you have. I want your car and I want you to walk. <laughs> right? That's, that's what we... I want your shoes. And I want you to sit there and know that I have your shoes on. The desire for something with an evil motivation. That's evil. To long for something that would require a moral violation in order to obtain it. I'll say that again. To long for something that would require a moral violation in order to obtain it. That is when you're coveting. And we do that all the time. So positively. A helpful concept when used towards something we need. Are there things that we should covet? Yes. Right? Fruits of the Spirit. We should want to, we should covet somebody like, like wanting to do the law, right? Wanting to do the right thing. Should we should want the spiritual gifts. Now, we shouldn't want somebody else to not have them, but we should, we should want them. All right, here's what's required. Full contentment with our own condition and a right and charitable attitude towards our neighbor and all that is his. So here's what it looks like. Father, thank you for the things that I have and I am so happy for what you have and meaning it. That is against the American way. (laughs) That is against consumerism. Consumerism is predicated on the fact that I want what you have and I'm not content with what I have. So that's the water that you swim in. (laughs) That's the struggle and that is real. Right? Say again. What is required? Uh, full, full contentment with our own condition and a right and charitable attitude to our neighbor and all that is his. Or here's what's forbidden all discontentment with our own estate, envying or grieving at the good of our neighbor, and all inordinate emotions uh, and affections to anything that, they're, uh, that they have. All discontentment with our, well, like what we have, envying or grieving at the good of our neighbor, right? Like they got in and I didn't. Right? They don't deserve that boyfriend. You know? How dare they get that new car? Issues addressed. Uh, Coveting, idolatry, discontentment, greed, envy. So... As we're thinking about that, you're like, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> so it's one thing where I can read those. I know all of you have read them and like, "Yeah, I generally have done some of that sometimes." And yet, after you hear the depths in which you've, you and I both violate right these, and so the the same two things come up and here's where we'll close, right? That I've got to believe Right and act as if this is better than how I live. Right, I've got to look at these things and the things that God says are good and that he wants to uphold because I don't uphold these things. And so I'm faced with the dilemma. Do I think that what he says to do is better than what I think? And I'm praying that you understand that it is. Right? The second thing then is like, what am I going to do about that? And so that is what um, we'll talk about tomorrow. We have a special treat. So as we end here in, um, uh, and I'll end with prayer, and, and Buster will uh, lead us in one last song, and then we'll go to lunch, and then we'll kind of explain to you, we'll have lunch, we have some free time, and then we'll uh, uh, spend a little bit of time playing some games, and then you're like free free until dinner. But this evening um, As we're going to have a time of worship, or we'll have a time of communion, Um, and Megan is going to share uh, what uh, some of this looks like. So she's going to, as a younger person, younger than myself, is going to talk about just some of this stuff coming together for her, and uh, what both the struggle, right, and the victory in that. And so uh, pray for her as she shares. Um, I think that's going to be really helpful with kind of connecting some dots here for you. Uh, But let me pray for us, and then we'll... We'll um, turn it back over to Buster and go get some lunch. Father, as I think about the way um, that I live, and particularly the way I lived before I understood what you were asking of me, um, you know, uh, and I was face to face with uh, your way of living, Lord, it was a little overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. I anticipate that that is what a lot of you, uh, a lot of others are feeling in this room as well. But uh, Father, uh, help us remember that God, as he has, uh, wants us to know what life looks like, um, that he has not uh, yelled at us and told us to go do it. Father, that he is offering his hand, that he wants us to go- grasp his hand, that he wants us to pull us out of the cage that we're living in, and he wants to walk with us and show us the goodness of what he has told us to do. And so that is what he is asking us now. He's not asking you to be perfect, and he's not asking you to curry favor. He is saying, let me teach you how to live like this because this is better than how you're living right now. And it is better for everybody and it is better in every way and it is a life that you will never have to stop living. It is eternal type of life. But we can only do that in intimate, dependent relationship with you, Father. Would you help us wrap our heads around that? Would you open our hearts to the possibility? Would you see us through to the other side? We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Let's stand.